Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everyone, it's Jasmine Tooks and Josephine Scriver here on Hollywood Raw. We are talking all things modeling, the ups and the downs, all the crazy stuff that happens backstage, as well as about our activewear brand, Joja. And Dax even asked us if we still stay in touch with our high school prom dates. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey, guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. What's up? Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. I am Dax Holt, joined by absolutely nobody today. <laughs> uh, Adam is, uh, he was not able to make it today. He was a busy man today out running around the streets of New York. But uh, we are going to have on two former Victoria's Secret supermodels, uh, Josephine Scriver and Jasmine Tooks, uh, who are crazy, not only successful in the, the modeling world, but now are entrepreneurs. They've started off their own uh, very popular activewear brand Joja. So I'm going to talk to them about that. But you know, I like to have models on because it's an industry I am not super familiar with. Um, I don't know the fashion industry, like the ins and outs. Like I was never a model myself. I've, you know, I've, I've taken photos and shit, but nothing to the, the level that they have. So I like to know, you know, are the, are the photographers creepy on set? Like you always hear stories about or, you know, when you, when you're backstage and naked, is that just like common to just see people hanging out naked all the time? Do they expect you to be naked? Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of questions that I would like to ask models. And if we, we did have Jasmine Sanders on, who is known as Golden Barbie, we had her on, um, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago. She was really, really fun. And she's kind of like one of those women that knows everyone in the industry. And um, so she gave us a really fun perspective. So this is our our second supermodel episode. So uh, anyway, let me get into this. I'm going to go ahead, read out a couple reviews as a thank you to whoever stopped by, left us a review um, on our iTunes page. Make sure you leave your name in the review so I can read your name. But um, I got a five-star review from Borg Mom. It says, Miss Wanda, love you both. Enjoyed you on TMZ. I enjoy your banter. So stoked I found your podcast. And that is from Borg Mom. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we enjoy having you here. All right, let's get to this one. This one is from Carolyn, maybe three, two, four. Love the podcast. I discovered your pod about three months ago and I've listened to every cast since and today went back and I was at work and listened to several old episodes. Love you guys. Such an interesting show. And I love the peek into celebrity life. I love to hear who the biggest douchebags are <laughs> too, but often then again, I like to hear who is nice. You know, the the right questions to ask and you're not pushy handsome to boot five stars carolyn from new jersey huh 
That was a great review. Thanks, Carolyn. I'm kind of sad that Adam's not here today to hear that one. All right, one last one. This one is from Flygirl1107. New listener, I'm a juicy scooper, and I loved you on Heather's podcast. Every episode is a hit, and that's from Flygirl07. Well, thank you, Flygirl07. Appreciate it. All right, let's get to our guests today. Our guests today are two not only models, but former Victoria's Secret supermodels, and now people behind the very popular activewear brand Joja, Josephine Scriver, and Jasmine Tooks. Welcome, ladies. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Where, where is everyone right now? Uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> Currently home. And where I'm, are you, Josephine? I'm at home as well. I'm in LA. But oh, I'm, you're in LA. I have no furniture in my house, so I'm sitting in what's going to be my office at some point on the floor by the window. Oh, that looks like a fancy little <laughs> office you got there. You know, there's most people I'm used to seeing the background and then it's just like a green screen thanks to, you know, the zooms and everything. But that looks like a, a nice little office. All right. I need to start off. I need to know the most important thing. Do you guys still keep in touch with your high school prom dates? We don't have prom in Denmark, so. No? I never had one of those. Did, no. is, there, is there any kind of dance or anything? Yeah, but it's more like a school party. Like you don't have to pick a person because it's all about like, you know, not doing that whole, oh, some people have a date, some people don't. So it's just show up and have fun with your friends. Well, that kind of actually sounds uh, a lot more less pressure than we have here in the United States. Jasmine, what about you? Do you speak to your high school prom date? So I didn't go to my senior prom, but I went to, I think, my sophomore year prom. And the guy is still in our friend group, but he's not in my like current friend group. He's in my like Orange County friend group. So I probably haven't seen him in like, I don't know, eight to 10 years, but yeah, that's probably but the last trust me, he's, he's telling everyone he went to prom with you with a supermodel. I mean, that, <laughs> trust me, that's that is, hilarious. that is something that it comes off his lips on probably a regular basis. Now with back in, back in school, were you two like the prettiest in your class or did you just coast by? I'm always curious to see if this was something like at a young age, models were always pretty or you kind of like went through a growth spurt and I, I don't know, just so curious on that. Jasmine, what about you? I think that everyone kind of goes through a little bit of an awkward phase. I would say my awkward phase was probably in elementary school. And I was also not always tall. I think I had my growth spurt when I was like 15 or 16 years old, where I just shot up out of nowhere. But I was very much one of those girls in high school that's like straight out of the movies where you have the cheerleaders and you have the football players. And I was one of those girls that like loved makeup, loved, you know, all those kinds of things. So I really like played the girly part. So I definitely, I think in my high school years had, you know, a better, like, I was more looking like a model. Than, were, you than pop were you popular in school? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in Huntington Beach, California too, that, that's impressive. It sounds so bitchy to say, but yeah, our little group <laughs> of girls was like the popular girls, but we were also the cheerleaders. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Josephine, what about you? Were you were you popular? Me? Um, we don't have that same culture. Like okay. for us, it's like we're 30 people in a class and you share that same class for 10 years. So it's hard to like be and not be because there's only 30 people to pick from. Um so you kind of have to navigate. I was definitely the tomboy. I didn't, I don't think I wore makeup 
anything. I would have loved um, just an outfit, like a school uniform. I hated having to pick my clothes in the morning. I couldn't care less. I liked sports. I was probably like the most tomboy in that sense. I don't think me and Jasmine, we talk about this a lot. I don't think we would have been friends in like high school. <laughs> well, what about when did you start to notice people were noticing you for your looks? Like, what, did that start off at a young age or did it hit in school? No, I mean, I was the same way as Jasmine described. Like, I was like one of the shortest girls in my class. Like, it didn't happen to like 15, 16. There was like a ghost birth all of a sudden. It was like out of nowhere. It just came. And that's also how I got discovered as modeling. I never thought about modeling. I never thought pretty, not pretty. It wasn't like a thing. I don't know. Because again, there was no prom. There was no nothing. There was, I mean, I wasn't those girls. I wasn't one of those girls who went to parties, who dressed up, who put out makeup outfits. There was a different group in my class that would like find other girls from other schools. And I was, was like, hey, can I play Dungeons and Dragons with the voice in the corner? <laughs> well, my tell me about how did you get discovered then? Like, how does that process go down? For me, uh, I was stopped in the street. I had someone walk up to me and be like, hey, you're pretty, you should model. And I thought it was the most creepy thing on the planet. I was so, going to say that that does seem a little <laughs> weird, but it clearly worked. Yeah. So after uh, I actually said no, um, and it happened like four or five times by different people. And then I finally was like, well, maybe there's something to it. So I researched the biggest agency in Denmark. and just knocked on a door and was like, hey, is everybody fucking with me or is this a real thing? Because <laughs> it's a little it's getting a little weird out there. And then they basically signed me on the spot. Wow, that's so cool. Jasmine, what about you? What, 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 how was your discovery story? How did that go down? So I actually, I think I'm one of the most rare models that there is because everyone usually has the same story of like someone approached them and they were discovered at like a supermarket or something. But like for me, my dream ever since I can remember was to be a model. And I think that I knew what models were because my mom is a stylist. So growing up, I would be on photo shoots with her, like movie sets with her. So I was exposed to this world like very early on. So I had a better understanding that modeling was actually a career compared to most girls that I've worked alongside with. They were like, I didn't even know that was a thing you can do. Whereas like me, the first Victoria's Secret fashion show I saw, I don't remember how old I was. Um, I was like, that's what I want to do. And my mom was literally like sitting there praying like, oh, God, hopefully she has the modeling looks and hopefully she's tall because if she doesn't become a model, I don't know what she's going to do because I had no interest in anything else, which mm -hmm. is so crazy. And it, I always find it like really exciting. And I praise myself for like going on that path and actually like hitting every goal that I've wanted to hit and not stopping. Like I would not give up until I reached those goals. Um, but yeah, for me, it was more of a thing of like, I knew what I wanted to do. And then thankfully was able to execute it. Yeah. No. And with your mom knowing about the industry, was she concerned about you getting into the industry? Cause you, you hear horror stories, you hear this with when there's not proper guidance, but if you have someone like your mom kind of holding your hand through it, it, it can be a much better place. Was she nervous at all? Yeah, so for me, she went with me to every single photo shoot until I turned probably 19 years old. So she would travel with me to New York, London, Milan, and Paris. Josephine's mom was also there with her all the time. But a lot of these other girls that came from all these other European countries, they would be there 15 years old by themselves with no parental sort of 
guidance there. So I was very lucky and fortunate that my mom was able to travel with me and do all those things with me because I think that's what kept me grounded. That's what kept me sane. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the industry is so crazy. So I think that's really what carried me along the way and was able to how I was able to last <laughs> this long in the industry because they can tear you down. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to obviously the criticism that surrounds modeling and, and, you know, you always hear people, oh, modeling so easy. It's just people looking pretty. What is the hardest part about modeling? Because I, I know that it, it's not as easy or as people crack it up to be, but what is the hardest part, at least for you, Josephine? I mean, obviously when you're young and like you are your own like product, it's, it's tough to be told a lot of things. So you have to learn to like separate it. But I, looking back at my career, for me, luckily I like being alone, but it's like every person in your life becomes a long distance relationship, whether it's your best friend from home, anyone you're dating, um, your parents, like you have to learn to be by yourself. And it's a lot of lonely things and it's a lot of like, independent and like I was like I, Jasmine said we we're super lucky that our parents could travel with us most of the times but it, it does come to a point where parents also have a job and they have a life and things they can do so whenever my mom could especially if I had longer periods like fashion week and stuff she was able to take some time off then my aunt would jump in or my agent but the second like she said 18 19 it's like okay now you should be able to handle yourself um, in a different way so yeah, honestly, it was like the fact that you have to miss out on everything. Like, I don't think either of us got like a normal youth, like mm -hmm. everything that my friends went through, like prom, like you guys are saying, that's not really a thing here, but like graduating, um, the parties, being stupid and dumb, like just doing everything, birthdays, turning 18, turning 21, turning all that, you don't get. So yeah. there's a lot of things you, you like don't become part of. But on the other hand, I wouldn't switch it for anything. I'm super grateful for every experience I've had. It's just, it's definitely times. And I think if you are a very, very social person that needs that, it would be tough. Jasmine, you? Yeah, I agree with everything Joe said. And to add to that, I think one of the hardest things for me was never being able to plan. So if your friends say like, hey, let's go on a trip next summer to this place. Like now I can do that because I have more control over my own career. But when I first started, it's like you have to just be in New York. And if you're not working for two weeks, it is what it is. But you still have to be there waiting for that phone call of like, oh, you know, need to go meet this photographer. or You have this shoot here or there. So anytime I would try to plan something with my friends or family, it would get blown up. And I'd be like, oh, I can't go like this sucks. And you just miss out on a lot of things. So I think for me, the planning was the hardest part. But again, like Joe said, so worth it. <laughs> so I, I was telling you before we started the podcast, I said, Lux, I, I don't know a lot about the fashion world. It's not my thing. We've had uh, Jasmine Sanders on here. She was wonderful, like really gave us a good glimpse behind the curtain. But I want to, when you model and you model for these big fashion designers, do you get to keep the clothes ever? Or is this something that you <laughs> literally put it on and then hang it right back onto the rack and say, thank you. Have a good day. I think this is like the number one question I get a lot. It's like, oh my God, all the things she must get. And I'm like, it's sadly, it's like Cinderella. You get to like play dress up and it's stunning and it's fun. And then it's like, you know, ding dong. And then you have to hand it all back in. 
especially if you're on a red carpet and you get to wear like diamonds and like massive gowns and dresses, especially jewelry. There's actually a, often a dude at the end of the carpet who's like, hey, this is worth too much. Put it back in the box. Or, like, <laughs> like that's often you have it back because you're like, okay, thank you. It reminds me of like when Kim Kardashian wore the Marilyn Monroe dress. Like she literally walked down the carpet and then there was a dressing room at the end that said, I'll take that back now. And, and I mean, I guess it makes it makes sense with diamonds and jewelry, but I'm just guessing yeah. like, I know you guys have modeled for like Tom Ford and he's got you in sunglasses. Like, is there ever a moment where the designer kicks it over to you and says, thank you for your time? Um, there are some jobs where they call it trade. Um, so it's more so fashion week. So if you do a fashion show, some designers will be like, instead of paying you, we'll give you a few pieces from our collection. <laughs> Not necessarily the pieces that went down the runway, but like their <laughs> back, their back pieces in the back room, you get to choose. It's never really that great, <laughs> but no. <laughs> so you're like, I'll take the money. Thank you. I don't think I've ever gotten something from a show that I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm going to keep it forever. I so think <laughs> thing would be like around certain events or something like especially with the rise of social media there's been a lot more of a gifting opportunities there's like gifting situations around Coachella or certain like Oscar situations or but all that has come later now because of social media and like that way of like hoping you wear it on your and that way they get free press um but when we started, nothing. I was lucky if we got a T-shirt from like four seasons ago that was not even your size. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like in there, like, oh, we can't get rid of this stuff anyway. We might as well just here. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, I think everyone just pictures you guys getting to keep all this stuff, but clearly okay. not the case. You know, we talked about obviously the the hardest part. What What is the best part or the most rewarding part to your career? Um, and I guess, Jasmine, you start on this one. Um. I think there's two things. I think the first one obviously is getting to travel to the most insane places that most 18 to 25 year olds don't get to do. So getting to do that, um, I think getting to learn about so many different cultures, like most of my modeling friends are from all over the world. I don't think I have, I have maybe have like one American <laughs> friend that's a model, like getting... Taylor. <laughs> Taylor's like my only American model friend. So I think it's cool to like get to meet so many different interesting people. And I really love creative people. And I think in the fashion world, that's like the most creative space you can be in with like designers, photographers, art directors. Like there's so many amazing people that you can get so much inspiration from. Um and then let's see, I think the other part that's really kind of cool about modeling or at least back when we started was sort of like the instant gratification of you do this job and then it just propels you to like the next level at the snap of a finger. Where I feel like in most careers, you know, some people who are at a nine to five sitting at a company, it takes a long time to sort of level up and get climb up the ladder where in modeling, you're just kind of like, you get lucky, you walk one show, and then your career just takes off. And for me, I think and that was really cool to see. Is that, are you referring to Victoria's Secret, doing that to a career? Yeah, that definitely used to do that to so many careers. I mean, when you think of naming the biggest models in the world, 90% of them are Victoria's Secret models. And that, for me, was like one instant where I'm like, wow, okay, I guess 
I can really do this. And I guess it's a real thing. And it just, you, your life just changes instantly. And I feel like it's, you only get that in other parts of the entertainment industry, like music and acting. Absolutely. Joe, what about you? What's your favorite part of your career? I mean, I got hooked on the traveling. I got hooked on what she said as well with like meeting different cultures. I've oh, I knew I wanted to leave Denmark. So was it modeling or not? I would have figured out a way. Um, but that just like, I love being a go. I love being like seeing the world. Sometimes it was just a tease because you would literally just get in the studio next. But I still to this day, if I have a, a little bit of time off, I'm like, okay, what can we go? What can we do? Who can we meet? What can we see? So I got really hooked on that part of the industry. And it's just like, yes, there are days that are like, oh, it's a boring or something. But you do get like flown to the most insane location, get to shoot, get to be places you wouldn't even like think of to travel to for vacation or fun. So it's like you get to, I don't know, see the world through def different lens. And just like even if I could have traveled, could afford to travel, I would have never seen the things I did without modeling. Like you really get to just do some wild things because it's like for a picture or for a campaign or, oh, we need this specific vibe. And you're like, what? But it's awesome. That's are, are you guys' passports just completely covered full of stamps? Oh my God. Model? Passport every two years because in Denmark, you can't get more pages. I got on some list that I now I'm allowed to have passports because <laughs> oh there's too many. I have to fly home every time. And the lady was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's just, New stamp, new this, visas, work visas. They take up too many pages. I actually yeah. it when they find a page that is fully blank and then they stamp it. I'm like, dude, you couldn't have like on that one corner that's all we're going to use. I remember like years ago when I was traveling so much and I would go through passport control in different countries and the guys stamping it would be like, wow, you travel a lot. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, but well, this is insane. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> do you actually get stamps when you come back to America? Uh, I think so. I don't. Yeah. You don't? I haven't that's got a stamp. America, that's that's the stamp that messes up with my passport the most because I'm constantly <laughs> back here. It's like, so I yeah. use global entry, so I just go through. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think. I just I was actually in Denmark, like. <laughs> A month ago and yeah I came, i'm trying to think i came back and I, I don't remember i think the u.s stamps when they come back in but next time you land what is <laughs> yeah. it next time you land be aware I, i'm gonna i'm gonna pay attention to it but copenhagen it, where in denmark are you from copenhagen copenhagen beautiful beautiful city i must say it was my first time going to copenhagen expensive as hell i gotta say they they are expensive over there uh but what a beautiful just i, I love all the canals and like i don't know if you want to call them rivers or whatever but so just unique and fun location i wasn't impressed with the cheese you wasn't I had a, nope i did or not like, like we are known for the cheese as much as no like i i had done amsterdam and germany and they blow you guys away when it comes to cheese so 100%. <laughs> I agree to that. Like most of the cheese I want is from there. I it's, so it's, it's so not. Like, we're known more for our bread, and that the I bread, think the bread was good. So okay, getting back to modeling, you know, there's a lot of talk about just the weirdness that happens behind the scenes. Have you guys ha ever had any creepy experiences on set? Because when we talk to Jasmine, she's like, you know what? It was a lot of photographers back in the day that would just say weird stuff. Do you, have you guys encountered that? Or you feel like the industry has changed a lot and it's not so much like that anymore? Uh, for me, yeah. it was mainly like 
in the beginning, I, I think we quickly both, me and Jazz, got on a level that was very, very professional and very like high end. And I didn't like, I, I couldn't have asked for a safer environment than working with Victoria's Secret. I think it was more the oddness of like, you did a show, there's no dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. To this day, there's no dressing room. To this day, when you stand there and you're 14 and you're changing, they will just let anyone backstage. And it wasn't as bad back then because nobody had a camera. Now everybody has an iPhone and people record live. So I, I'm a look, I just did Copenhagen Fashion Week and same thing. I was just like, hey, I, it just bothers me now way more than it did back then because we've been made aware of that it's not like nice. And yet you would think with Me Too and everything, something would have changed. But no, it's it's ex- exposure of just like, oh, but your model, you don't mind changing. Like your body is not really it's for a thing, right? It's not really sexual or it's not this. So like, why would you mind? So I think that's more why I'm like a little annoyed. Um, Do you feel like people almost treat it just a commodity rather than a person? Is that what you mean? Yeah. It's interesting. Jasmine, do do you feel like when you're a model, you're just expected to be comfortable with being nude and just suck it up? Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, like Joe said, like back when we were starting and those first years of like really grinding and doing it it doesn't even cross your mind really it's just it's just a part of the job and you just move through the motions like the stylist is like okay here's your outfit you're doing like an editorial here's your outfit put it on and there's not really a dressing room but you're like okay and now it's so weird when I go to sets and stuff for like other shoots and I'm at like a much higher level and more established they're like oh here's a dressing room and I'm like confused i'm like wait I, I, i'm good with changing right here because i'm just so used to it and they're like no 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 no. please like go in the dressing room and i'm like this is weird because it just didn't use me like that you just had to be like okay drop and go luckily i never had any bad experiences with any photographers and i'm very thankful thankful for that also all the stylists that i work with in the past were all women so i was always very comfortable i never had an experience where i, I like wanted to call my mom and say, you know, this made me really uncomfortable or call my agent. But I know there are girls that do have those things that happen to them. And it's really unfortunate. But for me, I feel very lucky. I've not had anything. I'm also like very, I have a very strong personality. So I think if someone were to like try and be a little weird, I would like cuss them out and they'd be like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mess with Jasmine. I think we have both have that personality of like, that safety of a background too. Yes, modeling was everything Jasmine wanted. And once I was in it, I got very competitive by like, oh, if I have to do this, I'm going to do it all the way. There's no way I'm not, I'm giving my, all this up to not go all the way. Yeah. But we both were able to say no. We are both able to, if, if it was not it, quit. Like we don't, we were very lucky to sense we don't have to feed our families. We don't have to you know, support things where if we quit the whole, their whole world falls apart. Yeah. There is that safety net of we can go home and like study or do other things. Like it sucks. Like you don't want to quit, but there are girls that I worked with that this was life or death, basically. Like you can't afford not, not working. So I think that opens certain people up for, it's harder to say no. Like the second I was uncomfortable, like Jasmine said, they always say, oh, call your agent, call your parent, like see if they can get you out of the situation. We would just be like, no, I'm not doing that. Like that wasn't like, like I was very aware of everything I signed up for. I was very in on everything I signed up for. Um, and yet sometimes it's exploring. Sometimes you're like, oh, today I went a little bit further than maybe I wanted to, but 
I learned from that, but it was my choice. Like I never felt pressured to do anything. Again, if I did, I would be like, sorry, not comfortable. But I was, we were not scared saying that. And I think that comes no, that, along with having that, the backup. No, that's and huge. It's huge. It's huge to be able to say that because I feel like you hear these horror stories because people don't know how to say no, you know, and, and I think it also comes, I think, with upbringing and feeling comfortable being in the modeling world, having, you know, your parents involved and all that kind of stuff, I think was was huge. Um, when it comes to social media, you know, obviously, IG is huge. DMing is huge. I know both of you are in relationships, but how often do you get hit on in your DMs by people? <laughs> you don't read them i don't read my dms either i literally never click it <laughs> there's probably so much goodness in there come on you get i do think you... that's the like the i find the people that have so many you know like stress related issues and you know mental you know issues and stuff like that are the people that really read into the comments the dms and i just think it's not worth it because why do I need to read something that a complete stranger is saying to me that is probably not true or they're being creepy and weird? So I just like, I just leave it. I only look at my messages that are from my friends. Um, yeah. I don't, hey, Jasmine, <laughs> pick up your phone. I want you to tell me how many unread DMs you have right now. Oh my God. Does it tell you a number? I think it, it should. I it should think be it like, tells you a number. It probably is so many that it, it doesn't even tell you at this point. It just says 99 plus. <laughs> 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 I think you can't go past 99, I guess. No, it's you can't. Well, probably I thousands from over the years. Instagram just has given up on you too. Do, do you guys ever look for the blue check marks from people to see like, oh, this person has I some weight? I do that more because I'm sure I'm missing... A lot. Yeah. I know they have this thing on DMs where you can go in and then push top requests where that's only people that are like verified. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, occasionally I'll go check there just in case there's like a brand reaching out to me or someone I look up to in the fashion world that I, you know, could maybe work with with Joja or something. So I do occasionally go down that list, but like the other list I don't look what is the coolest event that you guys have ever been to? Something that's fun. like I know, Josephine, you were recently you were, you went to Cannes, and I I can the Cannes Film Festival always looks like a really fun, interesting place. What was that like? Cannes is it's crazy. Um, it's one of those things where, I mean, as a model, we, the way you're part of Cannes is usually again you're invited by a designer, um, whatever it's for jewelry, a fancy dress, and it, this is probably the most like. Cinderella moment because you fly in maybe for a day or two and you spent two, three hours getting ready. You go down the carpet and then you take it all off. Like you don't <laughs> even sit and watch the movie. It's literally just like, cause the diamonds are worse to us. Like there's again, that's where the guy with the suitcase basically handed back. But they so, don't let you, you don't even watch the movies. I watched one cause I really, really wanted to. Um, but so most of the time it it's again, it's a very, very, it's very hard. Imagine, like, I don't know if you saw the pictures of what me and Jasmine <laughs> wore this year, but I wouldn't have been able to sit down. So, my, oh. I had to squeeze into this car because <laughs> we had to take a car getting there. And we had to stuff, like, we literally got stuffed in there. We both sat in, and then two people were, like, stuffing the dress after we'd steamed it for, like, two hours, trying to make it, like, not wrinkled. Forget about that. Stuffed in, out. I mean... I could barely get up the, the stairs. So let alone try, I would have taken up four seats. I can't do that. 
So then is this the designer who wants you to walk in can or is this you guys who saying, hey, if we walk in can together, we're going to get publicity for our brand, Joja? I mean, we love to do things. Oh, you're this way. <laughs> what? I'm just saying you're not. I thought you were this way when you are this way. <laughs> so, Sorry, what was the question again? No, I was just asking. So is it the designer who says, hey, I want you to walk this runway at can? Or is it you guys saying, let's go to Cannes together because this would be a good kind of advertisement for our own clothing brand because people are going to see us together and they're going to talk about us and what we do together? I think it's a mix of both. I think ultimately my first thought that goes through my mind is always putting my business first. So whatever, you know, anything I do personally will help my business and anything I do our business, anything that we do together will help our business. Mm -hmm. So the more we're together, the more people get used to the Joe and Jazz together. And then that's Joja. And it gives us more opportunity to talk about the brand. But also, I will go to these events and I will wear designers and work with people that I've always loved working with and that I enjoy working with. And um, yeah, I think it's a bit of both. And, and when it comes to your guys' fashion line, how did this start up? Because it seems like you guys have been friends for many, many years why why did you decide to do active wear together? Joe's really good at telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, me and Jasmine have just like had a love for fitness beyond like modeling, beyond everything. I think her and I have done sport our whole life. Mm -hmm. And then with modeling, it was a little bit harder to be part of a team sport and all these things. So she found the gym before I did. And I literally was just like, how does your body look like that? What is your secret? What is what is happening here? Um, and you know how most friends like, hey, you want to go grab a coffee? Her and I, our friendship literally started in the gym. We just would hang out, do the gym stuff together. And uh, that passion just grew. So in 2016, um, when social media was really blowing up, we wanted to share that journey with the rest of the world. We want to show how much it really helps having your best friend in the gym, how much motivation it gets when somebody is standing there waiting for you and you have to do your 6 a.m. workout. You're like, oh, I don't wanna do it today. But then you're like, I can't quit on my friend. And so we really just joined in and out of like, not really meaning to it, we became this community and all these young girls would like find each other worldwide. We have girls who are like working out from Philippines to, when their friends is in like Paris and they're like literally meeting over Skype or Zoom and just working out together. And it's been such a cool moment to see. And then over the years, they're like, oh, what are you guys wearing? What are you guys doing? And we were shooting so much for sport and we've we've literally been the faces of active wear for so long. It was like always this constant like, oh my God, if they just did this, if they could just fix this, how is nobody doing? Like, So I think we've seen and done a lot of brands and we would always save in Jasmine's closet, every pant we loved. We were like, this is great. Okay, this, but not that part. So when it came to like, just thinking about it as a brand, all of a sudden we're like, wait, we have something here. We need to run with this. I need to make it bigger than just a social media platform. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's a huge thanks to our community and our following, kind of like popping that question and hey, when are you guys are gonna do something? When is this, this must turn into something more. And I was, we were all like, oh, maybe it should. And we spent, we didn't even think we would have time because we were on a plane every day and then COVID hit and we've actually had time to sit down and think and figure out what we did, what we wanted to do. And for a full year, we 
figuring out, are we going to partner with someone? Should we do this on our own? What is the journey here? And we decided, you know what, we can do this. We have been taught branding and marketing for 12 plus years now in, in modeling and know what's what's up and what we want. And the more anyone got involved, the more we're like, no, no, no you, don't, you guys don't get it. This is it. This is what we want to do. So now, yeah, now. Sorry, J- Jasmine, did you want to say something? A brand. No, I was just like, uh, <laughs> I, I did want to ask though, because you guys have made such a big living off of sport, as you call it, Oh, there we go. Nice. No. <laughs> uh, if you guys have made it nice and bright. <laughs> oh, very nice. Is there is there a conflict with people? Because obviously you don't want to promote other people's brands now if they have athletic clothes. So is that tough to balance? Hey, we are entrepreneurs. We're starting off our business. We're we're crushing it in this industry. But now you're alienating yourself from a certain brand law or I guess a certain genre of clothing is that tough being a model and and doing that I think if you would have asked me this question six seven eight years ago I would say yes but I think that Joe and I are both in a place in our careers where you know we've reached where we've wanted to reach um we've been very successful and the things that we've wanted to do in the fashion world, which super grateful for. Um, And we see the opportunities with where we can take Joja. So it's much more than just getting a quick check from another activewear brand to do a photo shoot for them. For us, it's like seeing the longevity of where we can take this brand and be right up there with all those other top brands. So that's where we have to really shift our mindset and be like, is it worth it to take this check? Great check. Or is it worth us worth it to just be like, you know what, never mind. My brand is more important to me. I see much much bigger things for the future that will like trump this check that's sitting here. So I think that's where both of our minds have shifted in that. And whenever we do get a job opportunity that has to do with any, even the smallest bit of active wear, we always send it to each other and we're like, Hey, what do you think? Does this clash with, you know, Joja? Should we not do it? Is it not good for us? And sometimes we'll be like, Oh, maybe it is good to get a little bit of a more exposure for Josephine or more exposure for myself. And it ends up working out, but for the most part, we stay away from all activewear, <laughs> which, yeah, it's hard because you see these numbers thrown at you and you're like, oh, God, I really want to take it. That would be <laughs> nice. But there's a much bigger plan and much bigger future and much more that we're striving for than to just shoot another activewear brand. Now, have you guys had the moment where you're like working out at the gym and you look over and you see someone actually wearing your clothes that you know, they're not coming to an event of yours. Like it's, it's nothing set up. Like you just look over and you see a woman working out and you're like, that's awesome. So I was just talking about this to my husband yesterday. Oh, my dog. I was just talking about this to to my husband yesterday. And I was saying to him, I get so many messages from my like friends and other people in Los Angeles that are like, Oh my God, I just saw this girl working out at dog pound wearing Joja or I was just at air one and saw four girls wearing Joja. I'm like, take a photo. I need to see <laughs> this. I'm like, that's the one thing I want to see. I want to see like Joja out in the wild and I haven't seen it yet. But one time someone did send me a photo of this girl at Pilates and I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And I'm like waiting for that moment to really see it myself. 
I feel yeah. like I need to get out. I don't really go anywhere in the daytime. I, me and Joe work all day. So I'm like, I told my husband, like, I need to get out and go to like the cool spots in LA where all the girls hang out that I would think be wearing Jojo, like Erewhon, Dog Pound, <laughs> like walking around West Hollywood. I just don't go out enough, but yeah. Now, what, what is your goal for Joja? Is it you guys want to have your own runway show? Do you want print ads? Like, what is the goal? Because you guys are so involved in this industry, you see it from a different perspective than anyone else. What do you want from it? I mean, in short, world domination. But other than that, <laughs> no, we, we really see this going far. And like, we have a ton of things in store, not just clothes wide, but we are hoping to build an entire universe around this. Um, and we see a lot of potential and like I, there's nothing we have wanted to gamble on more than this. Like if there's anything to gamble on is yourself. And like Jasmine said, we both have the mindset that there's not really a plan B or no. And we've done that with our, our own career. There has not been like a moment where we don't reach what we want. And it's the same fire and power we have behind this and we literally are not sleeping lately and it's blood, sweat and tears, but it's so re like rewarding and so refreshing and there is no room for failure here. So yeah. Signs of a true entrepreneur bags under your eyes, except you guys can't have that. Now being now that you guys have hit such a high level of success in your careers, is it tough to have, just the media attention. Like I wanted to ask Jasmine, because I know that you recently sold your house and to have those photos go out to the public. Is it, is it weird that people are interested in your home or where you're living and like looking at this like inner glimpse of your life? So I am pretty like vocal and open on my Instagram. I share a lot, not mm -hmm. as much as you know, some people do, which I think is super great for them. And it's obviously their business to do that. But um, I share a lot. Um, but what I don't like is when it gets involved with your privacy and feeling safe. Um, when, when the article went up of me selling my house, I was like, for all my life, I've never said what area I live in. I've always said I just live in Los Angeles, California. There's a lot of different areas around California. And when I saw that article come out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying because I've kept that secret for so long and I don't post my street because it's very obvious to tell what street I live on. I don't, you know, post any restaurants by where I live because I think that's just like, for me, it's not so much the fans coming and like asking for a photo or things like that. It's for me, it's about like safety. And like, you know, not getting, you know, robbed or all those different things, because you never know, people are crazy. And I, I always say that it must be so uncomfortable to be like a mega, mega star, like people that are like, think like Hailey Bieber, Justin Bieber, like Selena Gomez, though, it must be awful to be like, you can't say the things you want to say, you can't do the things you want to do. Like, there is literally no privacy at all and you're just kind of like stuck so i feel pretty comfortable with where i'm at like on like the level meter of like exposure to the world um but it, it is a little uncomfortable when things like your house go out and then you're like great people know where i live now they can come to my door which is really creepy or like send weird letters um but 
yeah, I mean, I choose certain things to share and I choose certain things not to share. But one thing I don't share is like my address and stuff. So yeah, to answer your question, it was pretty annoying. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I totally agree with you. I look at some of these superstars. I'm like, that sounds miserable. You can never go to a, a water park or go to a fair or just something that like normal people can do and walk around and then truly enjoy the day with your family like you're going to be bombarded the whole time i do want to know because you guys have worked with the biggest models on the planet walk the runway is like victoria's secret who do you look at and go holy moly god bless that woman <laughs> um there's so many i mean growing up it was always Victoria's Secret Angels. I mean, if you knew me 10 years ago, it seemed like I was the most massive Victoria's Secret fan ever, like crazy, <laughs> crazy fan. So yeah, I think I would say the Victoria, the, like the 90s, 2000s Victoria's Secret models like Tyra Banks, Heidi Klum. Um, one person in particular that I sort of look up to in a career aspect in the modeling world I think would be Rosie Huntington Whiteley just because she did modeling and she succeeded very well but then she also became an entrepreneur and that's you know the same path that Joe and myself are on I've never the type of person that gets settled or comfortable with where I am and I always like to keep striving for more and I write down goals all the time and when I reach them I'm like okay great what's next so I really like that she took her brand herself and now made a skincare brand so anyone like that really i look up to and then the victoria's secret angels the what, about you, what about you joe who do you think is just drop dead gorgeous out there i mean for me it's like uh, it's always been helena christensen she was the first danish angel she was part of the 90 supermodels she's still working to this day um and she was like the top when i was like a baby and yet she's still here um, she's now also a photographer, has done multiple things with people and brands and like has just managed to be a mom on top of it. And it's still like stunning. And like someone who just she did a photo shoot where she shot me because she's a photographer. And I remember that was the hardest shoot for me ever because I was like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. <laughs> I was like, I had to like really pull myself together because I'm like, I can't believe I'm in the same room. I got to talk and ask you questions. You're guiding me modeling right now, telling me how to shoot. I was like, I mean, I was a horrible model that day. I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of pressure. All right. I know we're running out of time here, but I did want to ask because the modeling world is not just runways anymore. A lot of it has to do with social media, social media presence, how many followers you have, you book more gigs, the whole thing. So how much time do each one of you focus on or put towards your Instagram pages? I mean, it's a full-time job now. It's almost like modeling comes side to, on the side and social media is what we do first. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's definitely, I mean, when we started in modeling 12, 15 years ago, damn, we were old, Jess. Um, <laughs> like 13 years ago. I'm like, what? I'm just telling my age. I always now. say 10 years and then I'm like, wait, we're getting we older. Still a long time. <laughs> no, I think we started, it was an anonymous and it's like, and when you were a model back then, you could walk by your billboards and nobody recognized you. It was such a like anonymous way of being famous because you could be so big in your own little bubble of an industry, but it was like a circus. So like you really had to care about fashion to know who we were. So like the first few times I got discovered on the street by fans, 
I was like, oh, they really care. Like it wasn't like the average person. And then with Victoria's Secret and social media coming in a stride, you all of a sudden let people in the door. Now they know you on a whole different level. So it was interesting being part of the change that's happened. Like we started before it was a thing. It wasn't important. It was almost like a few years where we were told like, don't touch that. That is like not fashion. And now it's literally changed the game completely. It gave us a control of our own career and showing our brand in a totally different way. And we were lucky to like be with Victoria's Secret when that wave happened. So we were already exposed on a whole different, like to the masses. And then you add social media on top of it. And now it's the way brands and the way marketing works. I mean, we use it a ton for Jojo wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for social media. So there's such a power behind it now. And I think that's why it's such a big, I mean, it's more important than almost having an agency sometimes. It's like, that is, social media is like where you, you find me, book me, do. It's kind of crazy. But on that note, is it hard to watch someone who comes in and they don't have the experience, but they have the numbers on social media and you're like, wait, I could have booked that gig, but that person has more? Is, is that a tough thing to watch as someone so seasoned in this, in this modeling industry? So I mean, it, for me, I, sorry, <laughs> go Joe. No, no, I talked before, you go. Okay, so for me, I, um, I think it's really frustrating in a way because when we started modeling, we had to run around freaking, I don't even know how many castings a day. And we carried these books with for us sure. that had our portfolios in them and you didn't have any GPS on your phone. You're like using a map to get to all these castings. And that to me, yeah, <laughs> so long ago. And like that to me is like the real modeling, like the 90 supermodels had to do it. Like you had to really, really grind and work and freaking be told no, yes, no, solely based on you, not based on a number and not based on anything else. So when I hear, you know, models i don't even to my opinion i don't even call them models anymore when i hear like influencers come in these days and they're like oh my god modeling is so easy it's so great you just show up to a shoot and it's the best day ever and i'm like um do you not know all of the things that we had to go through to get to where we are and like for me i think it's so if i could pick to you know, be a model now or be a model when I started, I would definitely pick where we started because I think it's so much more rewarding to go through all the ups and downs and the hardships and not have this number hanging over you of being like, well, I have 10 million followers, so I'm gonna get the job anyways. Like, that's not as exciting for me. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's super frustrating that people can come in now and just be like, oh, I booked it when, you know, maybe there's not even a real like talent there. Maybe they're not good in front of the camera, but listen, the world has changed and shifted and social media is here. It's not going anywhere. It's only going to get more and more. There's going to be new apps coming out. So you just have to embrace it. And to answer your question of like, do we take a lot of time on our social media? I will take days to myself and be like, okay, I'm going to rent a studio today. I'm going to get hair, makeup, and then shoot all of my brand deals in one day. And just oh, like, wow. my grid. I have a grid plan on my Instagram for like a month. So I know exactly what's being posted over the next month or so. But it's so crazy that now that little book that we were carrying around, running around to castings is on our phone and we have full control over it. It's wild. Now, do you do you have a do either one of you have like a social media manager or is this all curated by you 
and you're the ones posting everything. We oh, you're still do our own. <laughs> oh, we do run our own social media. Like jobs come through a manager, but the the everything is you. No, I just meant like like Jasmine, you saying you you know you're you, you're shooting all these photos for a month ahead. You're actually planning them out and editing them and getting them up. That it's really interesting. I you just picture like you think at a at a point people are so famous on social media that oh they've got help doing it, but that's really interesting. Oh yeah, I, there's many people that do have help doing it, but I love the creative aspect of you know laying out a pretty Instagram and. I'm just obsessed with all that kind of stuff. So I do it myself, but a lot of people do have help with it. And yeah. I also think you can tell. I think it's very obvious on the profiles that have help and the profiles that don't. And we do have such a connection with our community. And either it's JoJo, our fans. Like, I think you can instantly tell when there's not that person behind the screen, when there's somebody just posting and doing. So for us... I don't know. I would have a re. I, it's almost too intimate of a thing to hand over to someone. Yeah. Or at least I would like. Especially because you are your brand. Someone yeah. po- posts the wrong thing, you screw yourself out of a, a lot of deals uh, in this day and age. Well, yeah. ladies, thank you so much for for joining me. And I know uh, you you guys have an Instagram page for Joja. So if uh, people would like to go check out the active wear, head on over to Joja on Instagram. Check it out. Is there anything like? What is the one thing that separates your activewear apart from all the rest? Is it the fabric? Is it the colors? Like, what is it for someone who has, who likes activewear, but they've never checked out your brand? So for me, the one thing that stands out with our activewear is our attention to the shape of a woman's body. Um, A lot of activewear brands you're obviously not going to know what I'm talking about because you're a male. But <laughs> if you're listening, that's okay. We got a lot of ladies listening right now. We pay a lot of attention to detail of where certain lines are placed on the body. A lot of activewear brands like to cut the butt so they look like flat and squished yes. and just not attractive. So, in all of our fittings and all of our design meetings, we really pay attention to how to emphasize a woman's body in the best possible ways that we can. A lot of our pants are very unique in the shapes that we make them, um, which I think is special for Joja compared to other brands. And um, yeah, for me, it's just the attention to like detail and like lines and Flattering, shape, like, what do you think? <laughs> especially like the body type of, for us, it's like you either have a lot of shape or you don't, but we really want to emphasize in that hourglass shape because her and I don't have a lot of shape. So for us, it was like, how can we emphasize on that? And like every friend, every person we've ever like put it on is like, oh my God, I all of a sudden didn't know I had a butt. Or, but it's not that that like stick up your butt thing that they're doing on TikTok that, weird <laughs> butt that has like a plastic string in them. It's just, it's so flattering and it's so like, it's like, on the cusp of shapewear without being shapewear because it's super supportive and it's just like I literally live breathe in it every day I am obsessed with it luckily I should be because I've made it <laughs> but mm-hmm. I for us it's just it's really is just emphasizing because I don't think a lot of activewear brand has the female shape in mind mm-hmm. when they design they have you know support and performance but for us it's like it's equally important that you look good Yeah, I think another thing that I forgot to mention is we design activewear not only made to wear in the gym or in a workout class. Our activewear is made to 
You can go out to dinner in it. You can go out to a nightclub in it. You can style our tops with like leather pants and you can just really play with it. And I think that's where we bring in like, yeah, there we go. She's wearing <laughs> jeans at the top, but you can really play with our pieces and explore like how to really live and breathe in Joja. And that's what we really like take into consideration when we're styling or when we're designing, we're like, okay, we could wear this to the gym, but how else could we wear it if we wanted to go out to lunch or dinner or different things like that? And I feel like most activewear brands are very technical and very like, you only wear this to yoga. You only wear this to Pilates, but ours, you can wear it anywhere. You know, you guys could make a lot of money if you also got into men's wear because if for, listen, it's, <laughs> I don't have the biggest butt, but if you gave me shorts that made it look like I got a butt, I would wear those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, we emphasize curves. Surprisingly, many requests for men, so it's definitely on the mood board of things to come. So, Joja Man coming 2024. (laughs) So, I gotta wait till 2024 to have a butt. Come on, speed this up, ladies. Come on. We got you. You'll be our first person to become <laughs> too. I love it. Well, thank you again so much for coming on, being honest, talking about your, your life and the, the crazy modeling world and how you guys started up your brand. And I wish you a lot of luck with Joja. Uh, it sounds like it's already, you know, exploding out there. I will look for it when I go to the gym, see if I see it on anyone so I can take a picture. Yes. I would DM it to you, but God knows you'd never see it. <laughs> So thank you, ladies. Thank you. All right. Well, that was fun. Very weird doing an episode without Adam, because I'm sure he would have had so many other questions to ask them. But um, nevertheless, still fun to talk to ladies who, I guess, just are in a whole different industry, an industry that I really know absolutely nothing about, as you can probably tell by my questions. Uh, But uh, they were nice. They were fun. I I, I start to got the impression at one point I was like, "Uh oh, am I boring? You can you can watch the YouTube video uh, because I saw them look down. I think uh, a couple times. I'm like, uh oh. But I'm I'm assuming they're just very busy ladies getting hit up on text nonstop. Uh, but listen, if um, if uh, you can take an opportunity, come hang out with us on Facebook. We got that private Facebook page. You got to find the Hollywood Raw Facebook page, and then in there we have the off the record private Facebook page. We'd love to have you. It's been popping off like crazy. That's where everyone's coming, asking us questions that uh, we can't talk about here on the podcast itself. Um, you know, just random stuff. What was the craziest photos I've ever seen when I was working at TMZ, or you know, uh, well. Adam will talk about maybe celebrities that he's seeing out and about in New York, maybe where they're at right now. Um, Obviously not their hotels, but if they're out doing some kind of TV show where you might catch a celebrity as well. But um, you can follow us on social media. You can follow uh, Adam Glenn at Adam Glenn. You can follow me at Dax Holt. You can follow Hollywood Raw on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everything. We are all over the place. And please, if you have a moment, stop on by our iTunes page, scroll on down to the bottom and leave us a review five star only. It is the kindest thing you can do for us. And like you heard at the top of the show, uh, we'll read off uh, one, two, maybe three reviews just to give you a little thank you and a shout out. So anyway, till next time. Thank you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. A Huda Media Production.